This has to be cut out. I must never make the show. Hello, I'm Chris Lisserman and welcome to Sparks, a podcast by Interactive Workshops. In every episode, we are going to discuss how to spark something in work and life, from how to spark a conversation, to how to spark a pay rise, to how to spark a small team, from how to spark better sales results, to how to spark tidiness in your office so Gary stops leaving the mugs next to the dishwasher. Oh, Gary. He shouldn't do it, but he does. He he does it. How can we stop him? We've got to spark it. Got to spark that tidiness. This week, we're discussing how to spark motivation. That's our our key theme for today. We're going to tap into this intangible yet vital component to success and achievement. I'm excited to get into it. And I'm excited to welcome Jonna Serkham, CEO of Interactive Workshops, for this episode. Welcome, Jonna. It's an absolute pleasure to be on the Sparks podcast. I want to say, Spark, I mean, can we... Can we spark that? Can we have a little? Do we get a a little jingle? Yeah. Do we get a jingle? <laughs> a little, a little sound effect for our sparking. Yeah. I'm thinking like about that. those TikTok dances where you spark something and then you and you've changed clothes. Oh yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, a little cut. Yeah, cut away. Welcome to the show, John. How are you? I'm really, really well. I'm, I'm extraordinarily well. Good. I'm very happy. And it, this podcast sounds really cool. <laughs> and I'm sure that a breadth of topics is going to be covered. A breadth, possibly a depth. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully some more interesting guest speakers. Yeah. Well, I think we thought there's lots of things you can spark and lots of things people are trying to spark. You know, whether it's a conversation or a sale, some of the things I've already mentioned, people are trying to bring these things into life and get them happening. And the businesses that we work with, all the people that we work with, whether the managers are trying yeah. to spark a team, whether they're salespeople yeah. trying to spark a deal, whether they are getting up in the morning, waking up in bed feeling unmotivated and they're trying to turn up at work a bit more motivated, whether it's uh, a diet or, in your case, a weight gain that you're always trying to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's things to spark. Why don't you start, John, by telling us a bit about your your career and, and what's motivated you to, you to get to where you are? Because you've grown a 30-person company from from scratch, from, from it just being yourself. You've worked with the likes of BMW Group, Airbus and more. What motivated you to do all of that? I don't know. I'm a bit, I'm almost embarrassed actually when I, when I, part, like, I do think if I, if I try and wind back to 20 year old, 20 year old me, 21 year old me, some egotistical part wanted to work with the world's most famous companies. Isn't it fantastically narcissistically self-absorbed to think I can make a difference to these great big companies? Funnily enough, I had no desire to work at the top executive level in those companies. I just love learning and development. I love developing people. I love solving problems. I love helping people. Mm. And um, I, I love the idea of getting on a plane, going somewhere, mm. go through with security, go into a big company when I was allowed to go, speak to some people, help someone fly home. Like that, yeah. that really motivated me as a, as a, in my early career. Yeah. And I, it still motivates me now, actually. I feel like those, these brands, these big organizations, they're, they almost replace religion in a way. Like they're, their offices are like a temple of their institution, organization. And to get in, you have to be in the hallowed halls. And so, you know, it's like, it's mm. really, I find it really intriguing. And there are barriers to entry as well, ba- kind of sacred areas, absolute, aren't there? Absolutely. When yeah. I get that card from reception and, and yeah. it opens, yeah. and I was like, ah, oh, this is, what's, what am I going to find? It's like Christmas Day. Like, what's, what's in there? There's yeah. going to be something there. And, and, and there's always people in there. And mm. people are endlessly fascinating to me. 
Uh, I think that's partly why I did a, a cognitive science degree, why I invested my educational effort in trying to understand how people and how the brain works, how the mind works. Mm. Um, that, I mean, it's uh, some people like traveling, that's endless fascination as a whole world, but within mm. any individual, even you, Chris, there's a whole world in there, in your, th- yeah. in your head, in your thoughts, going around 24-7, your life. Mm. It's, it's fascinating. Mm. So th- there's a few things you identified that motivated you that one maybe a small part being ego another one is is more um virtuous i'd say in and you wanted to help people you wanted yeah. to make a difference we're talking about some of those motivators but why don't we start by asking what is motivation well i don't know and i'm a motivational speaker i'm supposedly a motivational expert yeah so maybe I, you should know i don't know but you don't know i don't know i mean our, bo- our bodies tell us i think through emotion so mm. th- there must be a part of motivation that's an emotion. Mm. Uh, through sensation, you know, when you go and ride a bike or you, when you go and dance, you get uh, chemical feedback that things are going, feels good. Mm. Um, there's, some, there's some studies, uh, for example, on anxiety, that we, we feel rationally more anxious because our heart's racing. And it's a chicken and egg sometimes. If our heartbeat's elevated, we're more prone to feeling anxious. So why why are we motivated? It could I mean could it be just we're sweaty? Mm. It could be that we are feeling warm. It could be warm. It could be that we go to work. There's people there. Those yeah. people we like. They they make us feel feelings of oxytocin, and mm. that makes us feel mm. the feelings of love. Yeah, and so yeah. that's why we enjoy work. I mean, right. it could be it could be the the external validation of you know succeeding at something important, or that mm. it could be the money. There's so many factors, but I do think um, humans. The word we often use is not is do you feel motivated? We don't say do you think motivated right now or do you move motivated? We mm. say do you feel motivated? It's interesting that, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, we never. Is it weird? It'd be weird to say do you do you think motivated? Really <laughs> weird. It. I mean, do you think motivated? I mean, I probably do, but and we never talk about that in, <laughs> in those terms, it's, do we? Yeah, we talk about feeling, it as a it's feeling. A feeling. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. motivated? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and I guess. A bit like our Sparks podcast, motivation in general is the seed of, of action, of doing. Mm. And so, like, why we're motivated around certain things. Why why, why do some people get motivated by football, mm. some by dancing, some by yeah. psychology, some by science, something mm. like this. That's, again, I think that's individual and, and mm. um, contextual. So if that motivation is a feeling, as we've described, are we just talking about a kind of default level of, of energy that, that someone might have, that f- a feeling of, do I want to do something? I think when we observe, when we try to observe motivation in other people, I do think that what's physically happening is what we're often reading. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah. if someone wanders into an office full of beans, with a big old smile on their face and a spring in their step and a, maybe mm-hmm. a bit of swagger and they look well presented and they sit down purposefully and start doing something, we might think, wow, they're motivated. They could, they could be looking at Facebook. They could be, um, like I did, just up, uploading some photos that have nothing to do with work. Mm. You get me? But we we read that situation right. and think, that person's motivated, yeah. Yeah, some of the non-verbal cues mm. are telling us mm. that they, a trick there. they have some uh, motivation behind them. Maybe they don't. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, maybe they don't. And also, we're a social animal, aren't we? So mm. we we pick up signals from others. We, we want to fit into a social system. So let's mm. hypothetically imagine that you work with 10 people who are really not motivated. Mm. But every single day they turned up to work with the body language and posture and words of motivation. Mm. You'd probably be really motivated working with them. You might not even know. Mm. So, yeah, it's, um, we, I think our social connections to motivation, are, it's, an, it's an important social phenomena. Mm. There's some visual things going on and, and there's the, 
both what's going on in here, but also what what how you're expressing, how motivated you feel. You might actually yeah. not be being feeling motivated, but demonstrating the characteristics of someone who is. Mm. And if yeah. you can put the words together as well. Yeah. If you can say, I'm enjoying this. Mm. I, I said, what I actually do when I'm doing some difficult exercise. Mm. So if I'm out on a long run mm. and I'm not enjoying it because I'm tired and I'm feeling sluggish and I'm, something hurts. I actually had this the weekend, something like a cramp as I'm cycling up a hundred miles of hills. And I'm thinking, I, I could say to myself, oh, I've, I'm getting cramp. I, I kind of need to stop. I'm feeling mm. really... But maybe I'll just have a lie down. Maybe I saw someone else who was walking, and when I said to them, yeah. "Why are you walking?" They said, "I've got cramp." Ah, so, so it's justified. Yeah, yeah so I could. Yeah. But if you, the words that we use, the way we speak to ourselves, I said to myself instead, "I've I've done a lot of cycling. I know how to keep moving. Mm. Actually, just keep going. It'll it, maybe it leaves off in a little bit. It's just a moment." And mm. the same actually when I'm running, I try and take to tell myself I'm enjoying it. Mm. And um, I think the words. Sometimes if it's in a really bad spot, I have to speak it out loud. So mm. it goes out and back into my own ears. Right. Let's just keep going. Like, mm. this will pass. A bit of a pep talk. Yeah, this yeah. two will pass. This two yeah. will pass. Is some of it then blagging motivation? If it's a feeling, can we, can we kind of conjure it up, are you, are you say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so people who aren't particularly motivated or, or are trying to increase their level of motivation, part of it is faking it till you make it. I would encourage to give that a go to start with just to see what happens. As an experiment by itself, that's extremely valuable. Mm. Go and do an experiment. What happens if you turn up to places looking like someone is motivated? Mm. People will treat you as if you are. Mm. And then having done that, you'll because they're projecting it onto you, you probably feel more motivated. So that's free. <laughs> yeah. I would say the other way around, you've got to really consider the big picture. If you have to fake something every day, it's not going to work. Mm. That's going to take a lot more energy than maybe just building some actual motivation. You got it. Why not try So why not, instead of trying to fake it, why not try and find what we mm. psychologists call intrinsic motivation, what's actually mm -hmm. motivating to us. I had a good example in one of the jobs I was in. I was coming, it, I now can see with the benefit of hindsight, I was coming to the end of my time there. But at the time I was, wasn't trying to. And I talked to a, a mentor there and I said, oh, you know, just not really sure where I'm going, what I'm doing. And he said, how often do you, how frequently do you think, I think I might leave? He said, because if it's every month, that's fine. If it's every week, but if it's every day, you know, if you think every day this is not for me, you should listen to that because mm. that's really important. And maybe you can make an adjustment. Maybe you can change something. But yeah, yeah, the, the, the kind of frequency with which you're questioning mm. your own motivation is important. I think. Yeah, that, that frequency is really important. And yeah, like you say, it could be your job or, or just something you're, you're working on or working to do as part of your role how often do you feel a lack of motivation for that mm. thing? And, and maybe judging the frequency can help us. Yeah. We also talk a lot about Maslow's hierarchy of needs when it comes to motivation. What are your thoughts on that? It's completely made up. It's, it's, re it's really uh, valuable, but it's completely made up. So Maslow, uh, his psychological model is fairly well known that we're looking for some kind of self-actualization at the top mm. and at the bottom we need our day-to-day -day human needs food water shelter and in the middle we need people and you know mm. progressing life uh but it, his is just a model put together from um doing desk research which means looking at papers so he looked at hundreds of papers probably and put together a triangle that says human beings after they've stopped searching for water and food and shelter and social things friendship love then they start to wonder what's my purpose and then maybe they're looking for something higher. So, I mean, it's, it's entirely made up as a lot of good models are. 
But it's a good reference point, isn't it? Like mm. uh, showing us roughly how these things are structured, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so made up but helpful as a as a reference point and a, something to to refer back to a, a way of communicating about our our needs and motivators. Yeah, and I think I also think is it also you should look at the face validity of what someone like Maslow is suggesting. If you look at uh, someone's life and how it plays out, I do think that there's certain career phases and life phases where certain things become more or less important. Mm-hmm. Like in your twenties, a lot of people are looking to try and establish themselves with some kind of career that they can be in by the time they're 30s. So, but they might also be looking for a partner. They might be trying to sort out a location. Um, and I guess as you move toward, through your, your gears of your life, uh, other priorities also occur. Like, you know, what's it, what does it all mean? What? I mean, maybe that's what they call a midlife crisis. Like, okay, I've been doing this for 20 years now. Uh, what have I got for it? Why? What have yeah. I got for it? I'm still yeah. there. Yeah. I'm still at the desk or I'm still at my, my desk at home. Mm. Um, so then maybe mm. people who haven't questioned purpose, what they're trying to achieve... Yeah. Maybe then start thinking about that. Buy a motorbike, um, buy a Porsche, uh, yeah. get a new haircut, get a tattoo. And maybe that still doesn't fill the <laughs> void. I don't know. <laughs> but um, you, t- you mentioned intrinsic motivators and that there being intrinsic and a- extrinsic motivators. What, what should we be thinking about? Should we be aiming for one of the two? Do we need both? The perfect world is, if you imagine a perfect world, mm. it's just you, Chris, you're there. Every one of your internal motivators, intrinsic motivators, and every one of your external, extrinsic motivators aligns. Extrinsics, things like status, pay, uh, recognition. Mm-hmm. So you are getting paid. <laughs> you are getting recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah? All of these are dialed you up were, to max. You were doing a job. You were, you were dialed up to the max, a job. Mm-hmm. That, you were a BBC radio presenter on the national radio. And, and you're the top of your game, Greg James. Uh, you know, like, so you've got those things. Yeah. And then yeah. also, you love it. You, mm. It's really what you want to do. It's something mm. you're really good at. Um, in that, you know, all those intrinsic and all those in- extrinsic aligned, how are you going to feel? You're going to feel great. <laughs> that does sound pretty perfect, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're going to wake yeah. up and go, pinch yourself like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. This is so good. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, then find out that a colleague in the same show is getting double the wages of you. Uh, the ratings have plummeted because actually there's another show on the other channels that's better than yours. Mm. The media have picked up something in your social life and you've been criticised. Mm. You get a pay, you know, get a pay cut, and um, mm. you lose the knack, and suddenly you're not so good at it anymore. And the show seems to be rubbish. Like, how are you feeling now? Not as good. Still nowhere near thing. as good. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Maybe still enjoying it, but yeah, Maybe. yeah. Not. But like, getting those alignment of internal, external motivators. Yeah. yeah, the alignment would be gone, and the motivation would be down. Yeah. So, and 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 let's not forget that often these things are trying to trade off against each other. Mm-hmm. So I really don't believe in work-life balance. I think it's a terrible expression. There's work and life, a, a holistic system. Mm. Uh, so it's not like work and life. Yeah. You know, trading off. You have to keep living while you're working. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. die. So w- li- work is part of life. Yeah, yeah. So it's, work is a bit of life, of mm-hmm. the ecosystem. Yeah. Um, but what a lot of people do is they have pressures from mm. home and from work let's say I'm not seeing enough of my kids mm. and I feel guilty and then I've got more work to do than I can do mm. so I'm trying to do a better job at work yeah. and then I'm left with a demotivating situation in which I'm not happy with the quality or the amount of work I'm doing or the, what I'm delivering there mm. and then I'm trading off against seeing my family and doing a good job there yeah. and then I, that's, I'm now annoyed so mm. I think you know, if you can 
try and work hard to get alignment between how your home life and work life works together mm. to deliver a good life for everybody. Mm. That's what I try and gun towards. So we can aim for that alignment and try and find that where those line up. If we can get them aligned, if we can get them working together, that's that's going to be. And see, maybe I'm very lazy, but my belief is I, the the, the easier I can make life for myself, mm. the happier there's there's less effort I have to put in. Yeah, and then and I can go to bed early. You know? then, yeah, then you can relax. Yeah, I can so relax. Easy. That's Enjoy what I'm to do. Yeah. yeah, and you mentioned some of the things that might motivate us: things like pay, recognition, some of those uh, intrin- extrinsic ones. There's a, there's a number of different categories that we might find motivation from as well. We're not all wired the same on that front. Not at all. And um, this is where, again one of the great things about human beings: we're so unique. There's uh, is it eight billion of us. No life the same. No person the same. No one. Even if you're in the same family, different sibling different life experience mm-hmm. um same town different feelings same country different feeling so there's eight billion lives being lived out there and i guess part of our makeup is some kind of sense of individual expression and um uniqueness mm. and they say don't they that i, I read this quote recently you know, surround yourself with people who love you and re-celebrate you for the way you are so again, imagine if after that busy day you go home and there's a group of people, your friends, who recognise you and they're not looking for you to succeed, they just love you as you are. Mm. That that we, We're all unique and, and everyone that works in our company and everyone that in the clients that we work with, they've got their own different passions and their own different skills and hopes for life and therefore trying to tap into that, trying to understand ourselves. It's a, mm. a journey of self-discovery, isn't it, to think, what motivates us and what's going to motivate us for now. Mm. It may not forever. Yeah. And in workshops, we sometimes have that question of what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What what actually brings you to work? And some people haven't really spent the time reflecting on that. No. And I don't know if I necessarily have either. No, I haven't sometimes. <laughs> you just it's, do it, don't you? You just yeah, roll out of bed, I mean, the alarm so, I mean, goes off at the same time and you, you just go through the, the pattern. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, coming back to motivation as a feeling. I think it is worth thinking about. I think it's worth reflecting on. Mm. I think that some of the questions that, that reflecting on your life throw up can be quite hard to answer. And some of the execs I coach, for example, I've, I've worked with some guys where, you know, a couple of people stick in my mind actually where they just felt like they're just paying the mortgage and um, they've got to a high level, but it's not really going to go anywhere now. And they're just looking for retirement, which is over a long, long hill away. Maybe they're 50 and their, their retirement's... 15 years away and say to them how long have you been sucking this up well 15 years at least how can you keep going I think that to reflect and to be brave and to say this motivated me then maybe it doesn't motivate me now or um, you know to 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 have the courage to make changes is is quite difficult Mm, that's a difficult thing Um, how can we spark our own motivation I think I think Another way of looking at it is the motivation is there. Mm. It's there somewhere. What's it buried under? Mm. What's it hiding behind? Mm. What's it um, being neutralised by? What's it blocked by? Again, if you, the, the desire for life is so strong. If you, it, if you were to find yourself lost in a jungle, you would try to, to live mm. and you'd try to thrive. You're trying to find ways to do things. So I guess, yeah, I guess we could look at like trying to take away what's blocking you rather than trying to create it. Mm. Like, okay, mm. what's holding this motivation back? Is it confidence? Is it belief? Is it skills? Or, mm. or what's where is it under there somewhere? Because underneath mm. all of that, there's some 
something trying to tr- trying to thrive like a a shoot coming up out of the ground, but it's under a big log. Right. You know? take, try and take and find that. those logs. Yeah, try and expose yeah. your motivation yeah. to some sunlight and see yeah. what 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 emerges. And mm. again, that's a period of reflection. Like maybe it could be time for a sabbatical. It could be time to get a coach. It could be time to go on do some training on a new skill set, get a qualification. Mm. Um, but because we quite like to control things, we th- like to think, oh, if I do X, I'm going to get Y. Whereas I think motivation maybe is an exploration and explore direction X and see what happens. Mm. And then when you've done that, you'll the, the as you start taking those steps, the way will become clear. Mm. We can experiment with something. And try we can it experiment, out. yeah. And see, see what happens. Um, your background, is, as you mentioned, is in cognitive science. What is going on in the brain when we become motivated? Uh, well, there's a lot. That you'll, you'll love all the neuroscience people. There's a lot of neuroscience people out there. They love to tell you what's going on in the brain. They do. I don't really care what's going on in the brain that much. Right. Um, for two reasons. One is, it's, is I can't change that. Mm. So the way, the way we're wired up, what, what is happening when we're learning something is that we're making neural connections. Mm. I studied AI. I, I modeled these kind of things. Mm. But what's the neuroplasticity neuron people don't actually talk about also is that, that, that what we would in that layman's terms call a brain wave. Mm. There's also just chemicals flowing around in our brain. Yeah. So there's all the neurons and everything else, but there's also chemicals flying around. Mm. And m- maybe that's what moods are, for example. But, but um, yeah, when, when the reward centers, when we're motivated, are lighting up. Mm. Um, that's cool, isn't it? But That is fun. Does it really help me? Not really. It's explanatory. So yeah. It could explain, oh, let's say, I'm, let's say you're a lion. I could say, oh, great. The, when the lion sees the prey, the amygdala is stimulated and the hippocampus guides the lion to the pre- whatever. Yeah. But does it really help the lion catch it to know how it's, how it's working? No. A lot of that is based on instinct and feeling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think motivation is like that. Like, yeah. It's great understanding how the brain works. Brilliant. Mm. But mm. Um, don't, I think you should, we, we should think about our own feelings and, and mm. perhaps go through more of a psychotherapeutic method or mm. a mm. introspective method to try mm. to, to work out what we want and what's what's holding yeah. us back. Yeah, I think that makes something that, that can feel a bit intangible, a bit a bit more tangible. Yeah, um, and and something we can do something about. Yeah, uh, but I mean, there are other areas, for example, sleep, where a bit of rational understanding of the science really helps. So, mm. if you're not sleeping, there's very good science that you can work on. Yeah, that will help you to then take action that stops you from not being able to sleep. Yeah. Whereas, um, yeah, but but overly explaining things by the brain, I think it's just not needed. Yeah. Sure. Even and though I just spent a lot of time studying it. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I think that's coming useful for you. <laughs> um, if we want to think about how we might motivate others, maybe maybe people are, are listening to this or watching this and, and thinking, I, I'm motivated, but I can see people around me, maybe it's my team, that aren't motivated, or I want to inspire a, a higher level of motivation. How, how can I do that? Mm. At home or at work, because at home I wouldn't try too much. What do you mean by that? I have a law, no coaching at home. No coaching at home, yeah. yeah. You try not no to one wants to be married to Or a, the kids. No, no one wants to be married to a coach. The children think it's manipulative. They can tell as soon as I'm trying to do right, anything like that. Right, So, so But at work, yeah. we're paid to try and get the best out of others. Mm. Um, yeah, I think um, maybe I'd go back to the, the point about whether the motivation is actually there somewhere. Uh, one of the great people I learned under said that we're all empowered mm. when we're born but it can only be taken away. 
But maybe with motivation, it's like that. Rather than thinking what we're going to do to the situation, or mm. maybe it's to try and go on a journey of discovery to find out how they're wired, how they're motivated, what's in there. Mm. Um, and what are those barriers that you mentioned for them? Yeah. And how, how could you play a part in removing some yeah. of those, maybe? If you ask 10 people that work for you, what do you want from life? You'll get 10 different answers. Mm -hmm. If you ask them, what do you want from this year? You'll get 10 different answers. So, but I mean, I do, I do think in the workplace, trying to shape up goals is really, really important because, you know, goals allow us to work on something um, that, that is clear whether we've succeeded or not. Mm. And given the nature of work, it's nice to know we're succeeding. Yeah. Um, so if we can shape up motivating goals and then align various things towards them. So for example, if I would like to learn a new skill and I can align that with also achieving the goal, if I'd like to get a pay rise, I can align that with achieving the goal. Then we start to build quite a an aligned motivational system. Um, but I throw out there a bit like the brainwaves. I'd also don't underestimate the random. I mean, mm. workplace culture is again unique. And um, when I when I first we first opened our New York office, I started wearing a hat that said New York on it, just for no particular a relatively reason. silly hat. Yeah, silly. Yeah, but actually, it became like a prop to me to help mm. me think. Right, I've got to do this properly. Put your New York hat on. Yeah, exactly. And it, but it also it helped the New York guys. Quite literally, we're, yeah. We dive onto endless video calls. There's always something fun to talk about. Be silly. Um, but again, I'd so I think corporate cultures underemphasize random the randomness mm. of mm. Um, what they can do to stimulate things mm. um, and processize everything. But yeah, maybe just go out and. Can't <laughs> go say this. I'm going to just throw in, this may have to be edited out, but when we go on our family holidays, I take my parents, every year we go to the same holiday cottage and it's got a, a terrible wooden board that says life isn't about um, something, something, something. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Is <laughs> that your motto for life? <laughs> no, but we, we, it's, <laughs> the, when you're on a rainy holiday and you're just staring at the walls because you're inside and there's a thing saying it's just about learning to dance in the rain. But yeah. what I was thinking for work is, you know, mm. maybe you just need to go and dance in the rain some yeah. days. Yeah. Just embrace the lack of motivation, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> this has to be cut out. I must <laughs> never make the show. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We, my family just text each other memes of that, of that just... It is meme-worthy, yeah. 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 Coming to the end of, uh, of this particular episode, John, tell us a little bit more about Interactive Workshops, the company you have built and run. I think it's really cool what we do. I'm really mm. happy actually with the, with what we do for clients. We we work with some of the world's biggest companies, as you mentioned before, Airbus, BMW Group. You know, some really Cisco, Slack, Samsung, some really monster companies. Red Bull, big client for a long time. Um, and we help them to to stimulate growth and learning, to spark motivation. We mm. we. We recognise that the workplace, it should be a challenge for people. They should be on an adventure. that They're mm. climbing. They're on a climb somehow. And when you're climbing, you need skills. You need motivation. You need energy. You need teammates. Mm. And the, the, the learning and development function in organisations, part of our job is to, to stimulate that. And sometimes it's through building some cool animations or putting together a programme. Uh, sometimes it's through making a consulting kind of project to make things simpler or better. Um, but yeah, that's what we're working on and we, we're therefore helping individuals, leaders, teams, organisations become faster, try, try and get results more quickly, better thinking, brighter, mm. um, working on the human aspects to become closer together mm. and ultimately maybe operational or technical to become stronger as well. And it's a great 
privilege to serve in those big organisations. And we talked before about the swipe cards, but ultimately if you took away the people, there's nothing left. So they're all just groups of systems of people. Yeah. And our, our job is to kind of oil that machine. Someone yeah, said exactly. to me today, actually, if you, if you were a, a factory and you bought a machine that had the same cost as your wage bill, you, and that your entire success of your organisation was dependent on that machine, mm. you would really look after it. Mm. <laughs> you would service it. You yeah. would get the parts replaced. You would make yeah. sure it's running smoothly. But essentially, in all organisations, the people are the big machine. Yeah. And um, they're the cogs. And they're the huge, huge expense as well. Mm. Let's get them running A1. Perfectly. Yeah, love that. It is very exciting what we're doing here at Interactive Workshops. And uh, that is all that all we've got time for in this episode. Jonna, thank you very much for joining me. Join us next time when we'll be asking how to spark sales. Let's do it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you.